Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 51. Before I launch into today's topic, I want to take a moment to wish all you six-packers a very Merry Christmas. The cantankerous Catholics never cantankerous when it comes to Christmas. After this week, life will get back to normal for most of you, whatever normal is. My greatest wish and prayer intention for you is that you're reminded to live Christmas every single day of the year. Merry Christmas. Now, being the cantankerous Catholic that I am, let's get into our topic. I've never made any secret of the fact that I hold the Democratic Party and its members in absolute disdain and contempt. Everything on their platform is evil and antithetical to Catholicism. In fact, any Democrat who claims to be Catholic is a liar and hypocrite. Because you can't support their platform and be a Catholic. The Democratic Party's platform is more closely aligned to the Satanic Temple than the Catholic Church. But what about President Trump? How should Catholics feel about him? Well, there are several things to consider about that, and I'll talk about them as soon as we finish paying the bills. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, is a welcome visitor to parishes across the United States every Sunday through his What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Using humor, immutable truth, and ignoring political correctness, Joe Sixpack helps the average Catholic in the pew better know and understand our holy and ancient faith in a way that is refreshing, awe-inspiring, and makes readers chest-pounding proud to be Catholic. And readers love it. Now you can enjoy Joe's work by getting the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It book series. In fact, get two copies of each book, one for yourself and one for your pastor. Then your priest can decide if he wants to help your fellow parishioners by subscribing to the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Get your copy of the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. As far as I was concerned, it was a foregone conclusion early on in the 2016 primaries that Hillary would be the Democratic Party's nominee. There were a lot of presidential hopefuls in the Republican Party, and I had no idea who'd win, but I knew I'd support whoever it was just to avoid Hillary getting elected. Now let me make one thing clear up front. This episode isn't a puff piece for the Republican Party. I'm not a Republican. I don't trust them much more than I trust Satan's party, that is, the Democrats. I'm a constitutional conservative. That means I'm a patriot who stands on and by the United States Constitution in its original form, as opposed to the way Congress and the Supreme Court have sliced and diced it. And I'd support any person for president who I believe would support and govern by the Constitution. Right now, the Republicans are more closely aligned with our constitutional republic than anyone else, so I support them. In the Republican 2016 primaries, I didn't support Donald Trump. 
I supported Ted Cruz because I knew he'd support the Constitution as written. And for a long time, I thought Cruz was going to win. I did all I could to dissuade people from supporting Trump. I thought he was crass and crude and immoral. I also thought he was probably a typical liberal New Yorker who'd completely ignore the Constitution if he was elected. Well, I was wrong. Thirty days after Trump was inaugurated, I not only apologized and admitted my error to all the people I would recall bad-mouthing to about Trump, but I also expressed my mea culpa publicly on multiple political websites. Trump completely won me over within 30 days, because he'd done more for this country during his first month than his four predecessors did combined during their entire tenures in office. Trump's most commonly believed to be a conservative. Conservatism good, liberalism bad. Why? Well, genuine conservatism, by definition, conserves what's good and rejects what's bad. Being conservative doesn't mean not being progressive. Conservatives, true conservatives, are all for new progressive ideas and experimenting with those ideas. But all ideas must comport to natural law, Catholic morality, and the Constitution. If an idea or experiment violates any of those three criterion, it has to be rejected. Let me be clear that President Donald Trump is no real conservative. He appears completely clueless about conservative political philosophy, and he seems to be learning about the Constitution as he goes along. So I don't agree with probably 5% of what he does, but I wholeheartedly support the other 95%. The reason he does so many conservative things is because the things he does and supports just make sense to him. Trump was no saint prior to moving into the White House, but then we weren't voting for a saint. We were voting for a president. According to the theology regarding the Fourth Commandment, if, after responsibly informing ourselves of the political issues and candidates, we discover that a candidate is an enemy of religion or of the common good, it's a sin to vote for that candidate. Such a vote equates to voluntary participation in that candidate's evil. A common example in the modern political scene would be to vote for a candidate who favors legalized abortion over a candidate who's pro-life. Even if Trump had been running against a Democrat who was a Catholic saint, a joke in itself, assuming you're a faithful Catholic, you'd still have an obligation to vote for Trump. Why? Because the official Democratic Party platform includes being an enemy of religion, a so-called right to abortion, the promotion of the entire LGBT agenda, and identity politics, all of which are in strong opposition to Catholic moral teaching. Therefore, according to all Catholic moral teaching on the Fourth Commandment and our own bishops, any Catholic who even implicitly supports those things with his or her vote places himself or herself outside the Catholic Church. That's not an admirable place to be. It goes without saying, then, we have an obligation to vote for Trump again in 2020, no matter who wins the Democratic nomination. We can't vote for, say, Catholic Joe Biden just because he's a Catholic. Biden is, in fact, outside the church, and one courageous priest made that abundantly clear by refusing him communion. Voting for any Democrat is out of the question. The same holds true for many Republicans as well because some of them support abortion and the LGBT agenda. 
We can never judge a person. Judgment's above our pay grade. That's God's venue. However, we can be fruit inspectors and judge the fruits of other people's lives. I'm personally unaware of any Democrat on the national scene who produces good fruit. They're all in favor of completely removing God from public discourse. In fact, I read a great meme in that regard recently. It was written in the form of a correspondence between Congress and God. The letter from Congress said, Dear God, why do you allow so much violence in our schools? Signed, U.S. Government. The response from God was classic. It said, Dear U.S. Lawmakers, I'm not allowed in your schools. God. (laughs) That meme epitomizes how Democrats view Christianity and Judaism. Islam, on the other hand, appears to be acceptable in public discourse and the public schools. In fact, there are numerous public school systems across the nation now that have mandatory courses in Islam, the Quran, and Sharia law. They teach children Muslim prayers as well. But it's criminal to bring a Bible to school or to pray to the one true God. The Democrats governing Los Angeles, California, some of whom claim to be Catholic, just recently mandated that Planned Parenthood maintain a permanent presence in all of the city's high schools. But you'd better not say anything against the left's dogma of abortion. That'd be criminal. The whole LGBT thing should worry and frighten us. I hear people claiming to be conservative and libertarian, many of whom are Catholic, say all the time that it's nobody's business what goes on between two consenting adults. If you count yourself in that number, you'd better rethink your position. According to Lucian Greaves, the head of the U.S. Temple of Satan, more than 50% of the temple's members are perverts, homosexuals. The Temple of Satan and all that it stands for is diametrically opposed to Catholic morality. And need we be reminded that homosexuality is so evil that God wiped out the entire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? In fact, according to scripture and tradition, sodomy is one of the three sins that cry out to God from earth for justice. Startlingly, the homosexuals have been allowed to infiltrate the church in both the priesthood and the laity. They're actually parishes that are made up of nothing but homosexuals and LGBT sympathizers, especially in California and New York. In the priesthood, the homosexual infiltration is called the Lavender Mafia. So we need to fight any further advancement of this evil and destructive agenda while we can. If you love God and his church, then you have to quit worrying about being politically correct or being called a bigot and actively fight and fight very vocally. And remember that you won't be judged by God only on the things we've done, but also on the things we've failed to do. In other words, refusal to fight the LGBT agenda because we think it's okay, it's none of our business, we're apathetic, or we're afraid will cause us not to fare so well at our particular judgment. Now, sadly, this is one area where President Trump fails the test. He thinks that social acceptance of the LGBT agenda is a good thing. This falls into the 5% thing about Trump I was talking about a while ago. Despite Trump's stand on the whole LGBT agenda, he's still head and shoulders above any Democrat contender who wants to evict him from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue next November. At least he's otherwise very pro-Christian. 
Under eight years of Obama's Democratic control, Christianity was constantly under attack. Obama used the IRS and other agencies to intimidate, threaten, and suppress Christian groups. That's why both Carl Keating, founder of Catholic Answers, and Terry Barber, founder of Virgin Most Powerful Radio, told me not to begin the Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy apostolate as a non-profit, but rather as a for-profit business. Things are great under the Trump administration, and all the Obama-era oppressions are gone. But there'll be another Democrat occupying the White House sooner or later. Make no mistake about it. When that happens, we'll be openly persecuted again. With Democrats, apparently the First Amendment only applies to religions of free speech they agree with. Trump is who we must support in 2020, whether you like him or not. The alternative means completing the dismantling of our constitutionally established democratic republic and any semblance of normal life in this country. Of course, you always have the option not to vote. The problem with that is, under Catholic teaching on the Fourth Commandment, we all have an obligation to vote. So refusing to vote rather than voting for Trump would fall under one of those things where God judges us for failing to do what we should have done. If you decide to vote Democrat, you're voting against everything that's holy and for everything God and his church say are evil. If you do that, at least demonstrate a little honesty and integrity. Go ahead and formally sever your ties with the Catholic Church because you certainly don't hold any allegiance to either the church or God. Unless somebody we could rate right up there with Mother Teresa runs against Trump next year, we're all morally obligated to vote for Trump's re-election. By the way, have you noticed it's okay to say Merry Christmas again instead of the generic Happy Holidays? Merry Christmas, six-packers. May the spirit of Christmas live in you every day of your lives. Hi there, friends and neighbors. This is your old pal, El Monte Slim, telling you to start reading Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy's weekly column in The Wander, America's oldest independent Catholic newspaper. The folks at The Wander have made a special trial subscription offer just for you Sixpackers, and it's only $39 for six months. That's only a buck and a half an issue, less than a cup of coffee. Joe has a subscription link in his show notes. So listen to your old pal El Monte Slim and subscribe today. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Washington Examiner. Senator Maisie Hirono of Hawaii told liberal activists they needed to believe in climate change as though it's a religion. Of course, it's not. It's fake science. Hirono is a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal, which seeks to abolish the combustion engine in 10 years. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Catholic spirit. Following through on a proposal made at the Synod of Bishops for the Amazon, Pope Francis said there are plans to include a definition of ecological sins in the church's official teaching. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. 
Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to LifeSite News, a Netflix streaming of a blasphemous film that portrays a gay Jesus and a poster which portrays Jesus in the act of pedophile impulses displayed at a museum in Rome are disgusting the Catholic world. Cardinal Burke said, Art has become an expression of meaningless life without God. They hate Christ because he reveals this emptiness. It's scandalous that bishops and priests remain silent when God is attacked, and it is a sign of the grave crisis in the church. The faithful should make acts of reparation and make use of every lawful means to prevent these obscenities from proliferating. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to LifeSite News. A Vatican-owned building just steps away from St. Peter's Basilica in Rome is hosting a billboard-sized ad for a Netflix film that portrays Benedict XVI as an incompetent pope who looked to the man who would become Pope Francis as the one chosen by God to change the church. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to LifeSite News. It's begun. I don't think any dedicated Catholic can now doubt that the exorcists were right about a powerful demon entering the church on December 6th. I saw this and I wept while asking God to forgive us all. A vile poster depicting Jesus as a sodomite and pedophile has appeared outside Rome's Museum of Modern Art. Titled H.A. Homo Erectus, the poster leaves little to the imagination. It shows a depiction of Jesus standing before a boy kneeling in prayer, with a hand on the boy's head. An erection protrudes from beneath the depiction's garment, right in front of the young boy's face. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. I told you in the episode titled of Demons and Saints back in November that four exorcists gave us a message. They were exorcising four different demons in four different places. While they each had the demons under compulsion during the rite of exorcism, they all received the same identical warning that a powerful demon would enter the Catholic Church on December 6th. I think it's happened, and the truly remarkable evil has begun. The groundwork for the demonic presence was laid long before exorcist's warning. We should have realized way back in August what was happening. It was then that the Superior General of the Jesuits, Pope Francis Order, in an interview wrongly stated that the Church doesn't teach that Satan is real, but rather that he's merely a symbol, a personification of evil. Of course, that's a lie. Satan is a real person, a fallen angel, and enemy of God. In October, the Vatican hosted the Amazon Synod with the Pope's full approval. Not only was a pagan idol displayed at St. Peter's Basilica and a church in Rome, but Pope Francis blessed the idol preceding a pagan worship ceremony in the Vatican Gardens. In December, Father Francesco Bamonte, 
who presides over the International Association of Exorcists, wrote on the group's website that there is a current attempt to present Satanism as a perfectly normal alternative to traditional religion and philosophy. This was done after a new book came out. The book is titled A Children's Book of Demons. It invites young children to learn how to summon demons and is now at major retailers such as Walmart, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. It's written for 5- to 10-year-olds and directs kids to, quote, conjure gentle demons by writing their sigils, which serve as a phone number straight to the spirit, end quote. By the way, I no longer even enter Walmart after a lifetime of shopping there. I'm afraid to. There's the possibility of leaving the store under demonic influence just because I'd been present in the same location as an evil book. Another significant occurrence that escaped almost all news coverage is that the Colosseum in Rome began a display of the pagan god Moloch in September. Moloch is the ancient Phoenician demonic god of child sacrifice. The statue of Moloch, worshipped by both the Canaanites and the Phoenicians, is part of an exhibit dedicated to ancient Rome's once great rival, the city of Carthage. It was erected at the Colosseum just nine days prior to the Amazon Synod and the subsequent worship of the Pachamama idol in the Vatican Gardens. These are just a few of many things that happened in preparation for the demonic presence came into the church earlier this month. I truly believe that one event took place on December 17th, the day that the church's liturgy kicks into high gear for Advent, that signals the beginning of the blasphemous demonic activity within the church. Before I tell you what that is, though, I want to mention something I think may be linked to what's happening, although it's only speculation on my part. Pope Francis has repeatedly made Antichrist comments and statements. The most notable one has been referring to himself as the successor of Jesus Christ rather than the successor of St. Peter. In other words, he views himself as being the man who replaces God in the person of the Son. Added to that is a new film. On a Vatican-owned building, just steps away from St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, the Vatican is hosting a billboard-sized ad for a Netflix film that portrays Benedict XVI as an incompetent pope who looked to the man who would become Pope Francis as the one chosen by God to change the church. I've seen the trailer for this film. Assuming it's an accurate portrayal of the film, it's full of lies and deceptions that make Francis out to be an almost new savior for mankind through the Catholic Church. Starring Anthony Hopkins as Benedict, the name of the movie is The Two Popes. I personally believe this film is part of what's coming, what's already begun. On December 17th, the poster that passes for modern art was put on display at the Rome Museum of Modern Art. It's called H.A. Homo Erectus, and it leaves little to the imagination. It shows a depiction of Jesus standing before a boy kneeling in prayer with a hand on the boy's head. An erection protrudes from beneath the depiction's garment right in front of the young boy's face. This poster art isn't new. 
When the same poster was first displayed at bus stops around Rome in June 2017, the artist was arrested and charged with blasphemy and faced a fine up to 5,000 euros or a prison sentence of up to two years. At that time, the H.A. Homo erectus poster was placed next to another captioned Immaculata Consopsio in vitro, which shows two women holding a baby between them, meant to promote surrogacy for LGBT couples. The image of the women and child, although less troubling on the surface, is clearly meant to infer a congruence between the Immaculate Conception and surrogacy although the artist probably actually intended to suggest a parallel between surrogacy and the conception of Jesus in the virgin's womb. I wept when I saw this. I begged God to please have mercy on us all for this blasphemy. The question that must be answered is, why was it a crime to display this poster two years ago, but now it's publicly displayed and accepted? I believe the answer is that this is evidence that demonic activity within the church has begun in a big way. Every Catholic bishop, priest, deacon, and layperson in the world is to blame for this. We've been lukewarm about our holy and ancient faith far too long. Now we're about to pay the price. In Revelation 3.15, Jesus said, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you from my mouth. This new blasphemous demonic activity is the beginning of Jesus spewing us from his mouth. We're losing the Catholic faith as we've known it. Only the strong and disciplined will survive the onslaught against Catholicism that's coming. Only those who are willing to place our Catholic faith as our highest priority will escape eternity in hell, placing our faith above jobs, possessions, and even our spouses and children. We must learn our faith completely and apply what we learn to our own lives. We must do penances and offer sacrifices in reparation for our sins and the sins of the world. Those who don't will pay the ultimate price. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. 
When he was young, Dante was a party animal. He was married to a highly cultured and beautiful girl. One day, the couple attended a wedding reception. While dancing, the floor collapsed. Dante's wife lay dead before him. When her party dress was removed, it was discovered that she wore a penitent's haircloth robe. Dante, deeply moved by this discovery, disposed of all of his property and became a Franciscan. Years later, he wrote the famous line that's the key to his purgatorio, where he represents Christ speaking to the soul. Put love in order, thou that loves me. When Dante penned that line, he must have been thinking of his late wife. She was a girl in the world, and all the allurements of the world called out to her just the way they do all of us. But Dante's wife listened to Christ and put her love in order. She was active in social functions, which is acceptable. She was adorned on the outside, but was a hidden gem of virtue within. Through her spirit of penance, she was atoning for whatever sins she had committed that offended God, thus winning a partial remission of the temporal punishment due for those sins. What are you doing to work down the temporal punishments you're going to have to face in purgatory? That's it for this episode, Six Packers. Be sure to come back and listen to next week's episode. If you like The Cantankerous Catholic, be sure to write a review wherever you download it so other like-minded Catholics can more easily find it. And be sure to visit my show notes to get links to other things relevant to this episode. As long as you're on the show notes, drop a comment at the bottom to let me know what you think of this episode or to suggest topics for future episodes. If you happen to be on cantankerouscatholic.com for the show notes, download a free copy of The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It, Volume 1, and visit the Joe's Stuff page to get copies of my other books and some really neat coffee mugs. I think you six-packers are the cream of the Catholic crop, and I really appreciate you listening. Just remember, though, comfort and conviction don't live on the same This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.